Well, hey, everybody. This is The Debrief Show uh, with Pastor Mark Driscoll and myself, Matt Brown, and we are doing uh, things a little bit differently. Uh, Stephanie and Jono will be with us here pretty soon, but uh, we're just going over the book of Galatians, two pastors from two different churches who love the same Jesus, uh, working through the book of Galatians, and hopefully this has been helpful to you guys. And after this episode, I'll be taking on your specific questions. So hopefully you are doing two things, uh, actually three things. Number one, coming to church on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Number two, working through the discussion questions as you try to figure out how to apply this to your life, which is really what Galatians 5 and 6 is all about. We have the theology of 1, 2, 3, 4, and then how in the heck do we do this? Chapter 5 and 6. And then number three, I want you to actually read the book of Galatians. Some of you guys have never, ever read one book of the Bible, and Mark said it's how many? It takes 20 minutes, 149 verses, and they'll read it to you on version. You can just yeah. listen. Yeah, there you go. So even if you can't read it, you know, They'll read it to you on version. Sit down. Mark says 20 minutes. I haven't timed it out, but I trust him, and uh, I believe that that's the case. So I want to encourage you to do that. I'm, I'm reading it multiple times a week as we go through this study, and I'm really trying to focus in on Galatians. I want to encourage you to do that. Try not to go too many other places, because we want to kind of sit in it like we're receiving yeah. this letter. Um, and remember, you know, uh, the, the Church of Galatia, they couldn't cross-reference cross um, Romans or some other book like that. This is what they had. And so we want to sit there so that we can hear what God has to say to us from this yeah. book. So awesome. hopefully you're I think having... it's 149 verses, not words. I think I messed that up. No, you said verses. Did I? Okay. I heard verses. <clears throat> All right. So, but I'm sure our listeners will correct us. All right. So let's start here. We ended with Abba Father uh, last week. Um, my ninth question, man, is Galatians 5 is probably one of the most theologically important chapters in the development of Sandals Church. And people don't know this, but when I got to Galatians 5 and Romans 7, uh, and and the reason is Paul talks about this struggle in both. So at the end of Romans 7, the good I want to do, I don't do. You know, man, I'm screwed up. Who's going to separate me from this body of sin and death? Galatians 5. And the first time I read it, um, when I actually remember it, was the first uh, translation of the New Living Translation. They have since thrown that away. I don't know. They must have gotten all kinds of grief for it. But they translated it this way, and I'll never forget it. It said that the spirit and the flesh are wrapped in this uh, this fight that lasts forever. And in the word said this, and you will never be free from this conflict. Hmm. So I think they got a lot of pressure from that because Paul seems to indicate in, Gal in Galatians 5 that we can have victory over the spirit. And I and so I don't think, I think the NLT actually hit hit it out of the park. I think everybody freaked out because it was such a radical translation from, from the other translations. I, th I think what Paul's saying here is, look, man, you, you've got the flesh, which, you know, doesn't just mean, you know, the soft portion of your body, your, your skin, but it, it, it's all of our desires. And then you got your spirit as a Christian. And these two are, are colliding and they're in this struggle. And as long as we live in this life, this struggle is real. Now, I, I think they, they changed the translation because... The spirit is more powerful if, if we surrender that, but we have to walk in the spirit. We have to listen to the spirit. But the flesh, it's like a boxing match or an MMA right. fight. Like yeah. <clears throat> the spirit won that round, but the flesh is coming back the next round. Right, right. Yeah. Man, it, it's just crazy. And so, you know, there's this new movie coming out with Will Smith. And um, I don't know, I, I don't go to movies a lot, but I've been at movies lately. My mom and dad have just moved to uh, Riverside to retire. Hmm. And one of the things they do is, is movie Monday. So my mom has a... Like it's movie Monday, terrific Tuesday, wow Wednesday. Like every day has a name. I, I, Your mom's a cruise director, yeah. bro. Oh, dude, she is. And she, she's she got a day for everything, but movie Monday. So I've been going to the movies. And so there's this movie with Will Smith where he's sent to hunt somebody and he can't kill this guy and he can't figure it out. And he's, he's, the, he's you know, the best CIA agent forever. And what he finds out is he's trying to kill a, gene a genetic duplicate of himself. So that's why he, he, he can't kill this guy because it's him. Yeah, and so I think that that's that's similar to the battle that we're engaged in. It's like it's like man, it's it's like this guy knows me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your flesh knows you, and your flesh knows your weaknesses. Uh, you know, Jesus says the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And um, you know, Galatians five just opened my eyes to look, man. I'm saved. I'm born again. You know, I've crossed over from death to life. You know, but man, I'm a mess. And that's where the vision of Sandals Church comes from. Is I've got to be real about this battle inside me. And Galatians 5 is, 
look, we're free, but man, we're still fighting. So talk to me about what you think about Galatians 5. What do you think true freedom looks like in the Christian life? Well, he, he's pushing all toward life in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit right. and the fruit of the Spirit. And so, you know, really, to me, the, the answer to the flesh uh, is the Spirit. Again, God creates Satan counterfeits is kind of my take on it. But like here is the God creates the Spirit and Satan counterfeits with the flesh. And yeah. And and um, not a shameless book plug, but uh, and, uh, but in Spirit Filled Jesus, I talk about what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? What does it mean to have the fruit of the Spirit? Mm. It means to become like Jesus Christ. Right. How did Jesus walk in victory? How yeah. did Jesus do ministry? How did Jesus defeat the demonic? How did Jesus have healthy relationships? How did Jesus stay emotionally healthy with uh, innumerable, very unhealthy people in his right. orbit. Yeah. By the person, the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. And that's one of the things <clears throat> you, you brought out in your book. And I, I feel like it's something that everybody's read, everybody knows, and everyone's forgotten. Like, like you were just hitting this, like Jesus was spirit filled. Jesus was spirit filled. Like, like man, I, I, it just blew my mind. And I, yeah, it was great. Well, because oftentimes, the what does it mean to feel filled with the Spirit? It's like, well, do you speak in tongues yeah. or not speak in tongues? Or do you believe in, you know, healing yeah. or not? And all these yeah. things. And, and the issue is like, no, if if you want to be like Jesus, right. you need to live by the power that he did. Right. Jesus lived a fully human life, though he retained his divine attributes, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then he gives us that same power of the same Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit means that the love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, what that is, that's the character mm -hmm. and the emotional health of Jesus Christ. Yeah, And that's not something that we work up to. That's something that God puts in us and mm -hmm. works out by the grace of God and the power of the Spirit. So the whole point is, you can't be like Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. And, and sometimes people are like, well, what does it mean to be Spirit-filled? It's easy to become like Jesus. Amen. And so I always say that, you know, that when it comes to the Trinity, most people think the Father's the mean one, Jesus is the nice <laughs> one, and the Holy Spirit's the weird one. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. The, Jesus, you know, the Father loves us. Jesus comes to reveal the character of the Father, and then the Holy Spirit comes to give us the character of the Father. Right. But don't you think so much, and I mean, you run in more charismatic circles than I do, but so much of, of what's happened in the charismatic movement, I think, is Satan counterfeiting stuff so that we so we go oh the spirit I don't want that I mean think of if, if if Satan can unplug us from power right because because that's weird oh I don't want to do that I don't want to you know I don't I don't want the Holy Spirit to take over my life so I don't bark like a dog and pray for feathers falling from the ceiling and um you know one of uh, you knew Wayne Cordero right I, I've met him yeah good yeah, man so, great so, man gracious so, oh man I, so I love that guy like he's got like sandals we have weird people at our church he he had some weirdos like. Like one time in church service, this guy behind me is like on all fours, barking like a dog. And I'm like, Wayne, Wayne. Yeah. We, we have a canine on Is that an emotional four. support yeah. man? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And he, he told me, he's like, do you want me to judge you based upon the weirdest person in your church? And I was like, no. 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 So, so yeah, absolutely. So talk, sorry, I interrupted you. I totally threw you off, but spirit filled, man. Well, and that's where he's going. Right. And, and you look at it. You know, he, he contrasts that with the works of the flesh, sexual immorality, rivalries, dissensions, yeah. you know, unforgiving bitterness, hatred, yeah. seething, mm. sexual perversion. You're like, yeah. I think flesh must be the Greek word for America. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, we live in a world that is not marked by the fruit of the spirit, but by the works of the flesh. Yeah. And so the works of the flesh are living culture up. Yeah. The fruit of the Spirit is living kingdom down. Amen. And that's why the Holy Spirit has to come down, because mm -hmm. he brings God's power, God's kingdom, God's character. That doesn't come up from any culture. There's no culture on the earth that looks like the culture. Because right now, in the kingdom of God, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, the souls of departed saints, and all the angels. You need to know right now, there's a culture there. Right. And and unless that culture comes down, there's no hope for this culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the fruit of the spirit. That's the culture of heaven. Right. Yeah. No, amen. And so I think what the enemy has done to us as Christians is he's divided us not into pro-Jesus, anti-Jesus camps. He's divided us into pro-Democrat, uh, pro-Republican camps. And the problem is both organizations are right on some issues and wrong on some issues. Um, you know, 
and we have to we have to speak up for Jesus wherever we can on on both issues. And so, it's, I, I tell our people as the treasurer said, you know, some want you to look. Well, I say that you know, liberals want you to look to the left, Republicans want you to look to the right. You know, progressives want you to look to the future. Traditionalists want you to look to the past. Jesus wants you to look up to the kingdom. Amen. And the whole world is fighting because they don't know about that fifth option. And that is look up to the king and the kingdom. Right. Because there is a day coming when our king and his kingdom is coming and all the cultures will go away. Right. Left, right, gone, traditional progressive, Mm -hmm. gone, America, China, gone, everything gone, Jesus. Yeah. A king and a kingdom. Yeah. And so we are residents of these you know, nations, but we're citizens of that kingdom mm-hmm. and our identity, our allegiance, our, our, our marching orders have to come from that king and kingdom. Mm. And I think that's where Paul is moving ultimately in the storyline of Galatians. At first, it's like, were you going to be faithful to the Gentiles or faithful to the Jews? And Paul's like, are you going to be faithful to your king? Amen. Yeah. You Amen. Know? Don't you think that's hard for us in our culture today? Because we don't, we don't live in a kingship. I mean, people today have no problem even employees of the federal government, no problem. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, they had they had a, uh, what do you call it? A, a person in DC flipping Trump the bird, you know, like as he's going by in his motorcade. Well, she got fired. And she's like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm an American citizen. They're like, yeah, we also work for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, people feel so uh, at ease, you know, uh, and, and man, it's just, it's just such a different time. Paul even talks about, be careful how we speak against the devil. Like, mm-hmm. like he he's, he's, he's a powerful- The Lord rebuke you. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to be careful. And so I just don't think we have any idea. Well, rebellion. So, I mean, we're kind of off topic, but that's okay. That's how I roll, bro. Rebellion started yeah. not on earth, but in heaven. Yeah. And it was an authority issue. Mm-hmm. And it was Satan thought, you know, I don't like being under authority. Right. I'd like to be an authority and I don't want to take orders. I want to give orders. And I think if I recruit some people, we could set up a different governance and we could overtake and overthrow. And so then they're cast down to heaven, cast down from heaven to earth. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And what happens is, is Satan continues to go after the heads. So he goes after Adam, who's the Mm -hmm. head of the human race. He goes after Jesus, who's the head of the new covenant. Then, you know, he goes after Peter. Satan has sought to sift you as weak because Peter is the head of the church. And what Satan is always trying to do is overthrow, topple authority, create anarchy and rebellion, because if there isn't any authority and order, then there's anarchy and rebellion, which is the culture of hell. Mm. And so we live in a we live in a country that literally has embraced disrespect, dishonor, honor, you know, anarchy, rebellion, and it, it doesn't produce anything. It only just breaks mm. things, you know? Yeah. And, and I always, in the military, my, my military friends always say, you know, we sometimes you have to salute the uniform. Right. Which means, you know, that guy wearing the uniform, I'm not super excited about him, but I will salute because I salute the uniform. Yeah. And not every man or woman who wears that uniform is a bad person, though there are some. Yeah. But our world feels like everybody um, should be toppled, taken down. Mm-hmm. And and it literally is this sort of Lord of the Flies on a national global scale. Mm-hmm. And it's just self-destruction. Yeah. And it's and it's the works of the flesh. It's not the fruit of the spirit. Right. I mean, like right now, if somebody messes up uh, publicly, we don't say, well, let's give them love and, you know, peace. And I mean, right. p- love and peace, mm-hmm. patience, kindness, gentleness. Yeah. I mean, go to the internet and just ask me in the comment section of blogs and social media, how's self-control going? Right. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, yeah. You know, oh man. Well, I've been guilty of it. You know, hundred percent. We oh, all have. Yeah. And and the Holy Spirit comes and says, "This needs to. This needs to change." Right. Yeah. So Paul talks about the works of the flesh. So let's let's go there before we get into um, the Spirit. He kind of you know starts with sex, sexual immorality, moral impurity, and promiscuity. All three words refer to sex. Yeah, it's just pants problems. Right. I, I think, you know, anymore, you know, churches give away, you know, ministries give away mugs and water bottles and stickers. We should start giving out belts. Yeah. Because that's what people really need. We should put the church or ministry URL on the belt. Yeah. Because ultimately that that is pretty much where the battle is won and lost for the Lord is in regards to the belt. Right. Yeah. And, and, and spirituality that is godly, uh, is counter to sexuality, like the way that we we naturally our drive, our intensity, and and I think so much of the counterfeit gospel today is well, can't we marry these things? Can't we? 
Well, that was in Corinth. Yeah, yeah, they have temple prostitutes and sexual immorality, and a guy is having a romantic relationship with his stepmother. Right. You know, and they're like, who are we to judge? We have a rainbow on our camel, you know? Yeah. Who are we to judge? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, the, the issue is always the same, and that is, is sex your religion? Yes. Because when, when, when Jesus isn't the center of your life, mm-hmm. sex becomes the center of your life. Yes. And then your sexual activity and identity, they define you. Mm-hmm. And to tell somebody you can't do that is literally to tell them you need to get a new religion. Right. Mm -hmm. Not just new behavior. Right. Yeah. And that's when the war is on. That's why sexual sin in the Old and New Testament, it was always connected to other religions, pagan ideology, demonic spirituality, Mm -hmm. because sex is the sacrament of of false religion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and instead of... um, well, and it's, I, I, I'll give you a weird analogy. So you talk about Galatians. So there was a gal who came up to me um, years ago. I was pastoring. She was in her 20s. She, was, she said she loved Jesus. She knew the gospel. She's living and sleeping with her boyfriend mm-hmm. and stopped going to church and, you know, all of that. And I, I was chatting with her. I was trying to be nice. And I said, uh, what's going on? She says, well, I'm seeing this guy, so I'm not in church right now. And I said, well, I thought Jesus was supposed to be the most important relationship in your life. Mm-hmm. But now this person is displaced. And she said, I don't know what the big deal is. We're consenting adults. We're not hurting anybody. I said, well, I'm not sure nobody's going to get hurt at the end of this. I've heard this story a lot. And there's yeah. usually there's heartbreak and sometimes a baby or an abortion on the other side. So mm-hmm. I said, but here's the problem. Here's how God sees it. He's, you, you know, your relationship with him is more important than your relationship with God. When you go to his house, it becomes a temple. He becomes a high priest. His bed becomes an altar and you lay on it and you offer your body as a living sacrifice. Mm. Wow. That's Romans 12. Offer your bodies as living sacrifice. And so whatever we offer our body to, we're sacrificing it for our God. Mm. Yeah. Man. I'm guessing we have some listeners that are crying right now because, um, you know, that is so rampant, Mark, at our church. Um, I preached on adultery uh, three months ago and I just said, look, what what if I paid for the wedding? I just said, what if I paid for the wedding? What if you repented, you went through our eight week class and you put God first? You know, Mark Sandals is a church of 12,500. I don't know, even know what the, you know, on the weekends. Praise God, we had 65 couples come forward and say, look, we're living in sin. We want to do it God's way. 55 went through counseling. 45 I married last Friday. That's awesome. At a mass wedding. Right, because it, it, because there's grace and there's yeah, forgiveness yeah. and there's fr- a fresh yeah. start with the Lord Jesus yeah. and there's and it, hope for the future and it was beautiful and to watch these couples, you know, I mean, I, I've never, I, I can't explain it to you. I, I'm literally in this room full of brides and we walked them all down the aisle. We had cake, we had the first dance, that's we did, awesome. We did everything and and we paid for it all. Like, I mean, they had to pay for their dresses, I guess, but uh, and the license, but we paid for everything else. And uh, I mean, DJ cake. I mean, you name it, we did it. Was it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, had some fun time dancing with some grandmas. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, man, there was one one part that really impacted me is uh, we had we had a couple not show, which is fine, right? It's a big decision. You need to do it right. But here I am. I'm looking at this cake that we bought, and everybody's celebrating around all these cakes, sharing it with their cousins and stuff. And and there's this cake, and it's just sitting there. And I just thought. Man, that that's the gospel, man. It's all there. It's all right there for us. And this way doesn't hurt. This way, you know what you said, right? Oh, we're consenting adults. Well, there's there's three things that's gonna happen. A broken heart, an unexpected baby, or an abortion. None of those are good. Well, we're do, two consenting adults. Yeah, and adults do dumb things. Um, you know, it'd be an interesting uh, statistic, which our government would never do, but how many married couples abort kids? I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's 0.000015%, you know? Um, rare exceptions of severe birth defects or, you know, the the mom is, life is in danger, right? Because when we're married, you know, that that, that child is a, it's a celebration. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a celebration. It's a beautiful thing. And, and yet yeah. on the other end, it's, 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 it's tough. And there's, I don't know, there, there's just a, there's a better way, right? The sins of the flesh are obvious. And so the first three are um, sexual. The next three are are really religious, idolatry, sorcery. Um, I don't know what ha- hatred's going to be more like the way that we express it. So maybe just the next two, idolatry and sorcery, you know, what we worship. We worship false gods. 
Um, and then he says... Next is probably relational. You could yeah. put that category over. Yeah. Hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, which I'm particularly good at. Uh, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and I love this line, and anything similar. Because what happens is if you're like, okay, here's the 16 things God hates, and you're like, yeah. I'm, I created a new one. And yeah. so he gave a junk drawer, etc. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. One of my favorite verses, I can't think of it. We'll put this in the notes is there are six things God hates. No, wait, seven. <laughs> I yeah. love that verse. Yeah. I think that's Proverbs 6. Yeah. I know, Stephanie, put that in there. Put that in there. I love that verse, man. It's yeah. like, there are six things God detests. Wait. And he just called. Yeah, he just called. We got a, <laughs> got a text message. Man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I already wrote this in the notes and it's yeah. very expensive. <laughs> People don't realize how expensive books were. You know, a couple hundred years ago, the most expensive thing you owned in your house was a book. Yeah. And now people don't even don't even read them. Okay, back to our original question. What does true freedom look like in the Christian life, man? Right? Because we, we, we don't we don't we don't have a license to do these things. I'm not I I'm saved by grace. I can do whatever I want. I'll just tell you, man, I had a major uh leader in my church. This is probably 10 years ago. Had a husband dying of cancer. Mm. She fell in love with another guy and left her husband. And listen, this is what she said. I said, don't do this. And she said, I know God will forgive me. Hmm. She gave herself a license to sin because she made God a prisoner to grace. And I just said, you know, uh, I mean, I believe in perseverance of the saints, but, but Hebrews 6 and 10 scares me to death. Hmm. And I said, I said, please go read these chapters please go read Hebrews 6 and 10 before you do this. And she left our church and she left her husband and I buried him alone. I mean, it was terrible. We don't have a license to follow our hearts because we're saved by Jesus, right? Um, how, how, do, how, do we, how do we not get boxed into legalism, but at the same time, live, live a moral life? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit brings the grace of God. The grace of God not only forgives you, it changes you. Mm-hmm. That's where he says in Galatians 6, that the flesh and the spirit are against one another and the flesh seeks to keep you from doing what you want to do. Yeah, yes. So the difference between a non-Christian and a new Christian is not that they're tempted, but for the Christian, the deepest desires are the things of God and the lesser tempting desires are the things of the flesh. Mm. For the non-Christian, the deepest desires are the things of the flesh. Mm. And what that means is Mm. a sinning Christian is a miserable person. Mm -hmm. And what that means is when you meet Jesus, you get a new heart, new nature, you become a new creation, you get new desires. All of a sudden, things you hated, you know, love. The things you loved, you hated. You're like, I used to love drinking, and now Mm. I just can't, I can't even... I can't even go to the bar. Mm-hmm. Bible study, what, are you kidding me? And now I signed up for one. Mm. I'll never forget, I was in college, I was 19, brand new Christian, just got saved. And I, you know, I didn't come from an evangelical home. My, my folks were Catholic and I didn't know the Bible and I didn't know Jesus, was nobody fault but my own. But it was a Friday night and a bunch of my buddies were going out to break commandments and do shenanigans. And they looked at me and they're like, hey bro, you wanna come? And I was like, nope. They're like, well, what are you gonna do tonight? Mm. I said it, I couldn't even believe I said it. I said, I'm gonna read my Bible. Yeah. And they looked at me like, yeah, what? Yeah. Who is this guy with your driver's license? And I said, yeah, I, I couldn't believe I was saying it because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I was like, I'm going to read my Bible. They're like, why? Yeah. And I literally said, I have no idea. I just want to. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. That's the Christian life. Yeah. The Christian life is not uh, what you have to do. It's what you get to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to, to turn, to, to take God's grace and say, God's grace forgives me, but doesn't change me. Mm-hmm. That would be like the apostle Paul in Galatians saying, I used to murder Christians. And now that I know that Jesus forgives me, I still murder them. Yeah. It's dumb. It's like, no, grace doesn't just forgives you. It changes you. Mm-hmm. And it makes you want to extend grace to others. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you, and what grace does, it gets you closer to Jesus and more like Jesus. So mm-hmm. anybody says, I receive God's grace. And then I go out and I sin with other people to get them farther away from God and his grace. It's mm. like, you're, that's not even grace. Yeah. Mm. And that's what Paul says. Should we sin that grace may abound? By no, no. means. I, I had a guy come up to me you mm. know, a long time ago. He's like, Special Mark, you and Grace are married. And, and my wife, Grace, and I have been together since we were 17, mm. married at 21. We're 48 now. And he said, if you ever cheated on Grace, what do you think she'd do? Oh. And I was like, well, that's a stupid question. Bad question. I said, but I don't know. I don't intend to ever find out. Yeah. I said, but, you know, I think she'd want to forgive me and try and make it work. Mm. And he said, well, if she'd forgive you and make it work, why don't you run around on her? Mm. Answer, I love her Mm -hmm. and she loves me. Mm -hmm. And we have a relationship to me 
that is invaluable. Mm-hmm. Uh, God loves me and I love God. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with him is invaluable. Mm. So why would I want to commit adultery on God? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. No, I hear you. I mean, what, what would you say? To, what would you say to some of our listeners that are, are just really battling sins, but they love Jesus? What would you say to them? Feed your deepest, strongest desires. Mm. It's the power of replacement. It's, um, you know, Paul says to put off and put on. Mm. And so sometimes we have bad habits. Mm. Uh, we have, you know, bad patterns in our life. And we're mm. just so used to putting on the flesh and sin mm-hmm. that we got to figure out what does it look like to take it off? But it's that, it's that, like Jesus says, if you cast a demon out and you don't replace it with the Holy Spirit, you get seven more demons. Mm. So somebody's like, I got rid of my drinking and now I'm shooting heroin and watching yeah. porn. You're like, well, yeah. that wasn't progress. Right. Because it's not just taking off the flesh and the sin. Mm-hmm. It's inviting in mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so unless the Holy Spirit is in you, all you're going to go is from a problem to a bigger problem, mm-hmm. even as a believer. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, and just know this, that whatever God has called you to is always better than whatever the demon is tempting you with. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, think about the temptations. Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you this hill with all these people on it. I mean, versus what God has, right? Sitting on the throne of thrones. I mean, think about that. I mean, it, it's nothing. And a couple of weeks ago, um, I'm a Lakers fan, which- We're praying for you, brother. Do dude, you think anybody's going to come and play with Kobe? Kobe? Oh, excuse me, yeah, with LeBron. Uh, LeBron. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired. No, I, know, I, know, I, know. I know, it's LeBron. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a disaster. And I mean, you talk about like, look at these next sins right here. I'm going to talk about the Lakers right now where it says, uh, where is it? Da, 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 da. Um, dissensions, factions, selfish rivalries. ambitions, rivalries. That's the Lakers. Um, I was trying to figure out, you know, who they were going to pick. And so I, I won't say- I know, and they didn't do well in the draft lottery either. They didn't get a good pick. Fourth? Yeah, but yeah, I know. So, there's two, so I, I, I googled yeah. it, and I must have typed something wrong. So, boom, on that computer, you saw me full naked woman, like, like, like it was some kind of like I don't know dating Demon, website. Yeah. Boom, and I just remember a time in my life, and I'm saying this to guys who are struggling with porn and addiction. I, I remember a time in my life where it would have taken everything in me to not to not click. And without even thinking about it, oh, I back clicked, which then sent me to another porn site and I back clicked. And so then I like, so I go get Tammy and I said, hey, I need you to get me out of this site. And so we sit down and we talk and she's like, she's like, that was really explicit. Are you okay? And I said, yeah, why? And she just said, well, I know this has been an issue for you. And I said, and again, it was, it was just, it was bizarre. And it's not that I'm not without temptation. It's just like, it would never occur to me to choose that instead of you. Hmm. Like, you know, like deepest I'm, desires. Yeah, there are weaker, tempting desires. Yeah, for but the uh, but but I was able to bring it to her and say, "Look, this is what happened. I, I want you to fix this." And uh, and then we immediately had to have a, a meeting with my son because I'm like, "Dude, I'm freaking typing in NBA dot something, and this is what comes up." I mean, that's that's not even fair, right? I mean, to him. And I and so we had this great talk. But Tammy and I were lamenting later that night. I don't know if it's lamenting or just just talking about. It. It's just like. I wish I could have got gone back to Matt Brown in his early 20s and said, look, man, if you continue to walk in the spirit, you're going to get to the place in your life where it's just a back click, you know? No, you know, I mean, Jesus has a naked woman thrown at his feet and he's drawn on the dirt. Yeah, you know, right? I mean, and, and, and that's, and just, you just got to know through the spirit, you can get there. But it says we got to walk in the spirit, right? I've got to choose every day, like when I'm frustrated, when I'm angry, you know, and and that's walking away from some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Walking in is walking away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, man, it's just interesting, and, and and just be really, really aware of things that have holds on you. Um, like I like a glass of wine, but I I, I found myself really looking forward to that. And I told Tammy, I said, I'm 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 just going to stop for a while. She said, Why? I said, I don't I don't want anything to have a hold on me. And I just you know haven't drank hardly at all this year because I just am like, man. I don't, yeah, you know, I, I want it to, to rest in God's spirit. I want to rest in God's presence. I don't want it to be a glass of wine. I don't want, I don't want that to be the thing that's, that's bringing me down. Cause like, like you, I've struggled with anxiety uh, quite a bit. And I'd love to have you on the show sometime just to talk about how you've worked, you've worked through that because man, that's our culture, right? So true freedom. Um, I think a lot of churches struggle with, well, we've got to make sure people, I think, I think we treat people like idiots. 
we got we got to make sure that we tell you all the rights and the wrongs. Mm-hmm. And so when we do that, would you say that we're maybe not intentionally, but unintentionally pulling people away from being led by God's spirit? Yeah. And, and sometimes this turns into really legalistic discipling right. relationships and manuals and how to's and yeah. who's your accountability partner. And it's like, okay, I, I, I believe in having relationships yeah. and seeking wise counsel. And I believe the Holy Spirit works through people and advice. But at the end of the day, if you don't know how to listen to the voice of God and follow the, the leading of God's powerful presence in your life, um, you're going to then say, I need someone to lead me, convite, you know, I'll give you a weird analogy. I was some years ago recently, I was backstage in an event and one of the largest well-known Godfathers in Pentecostalism in the world was backstage. And I just met him for the first time and I, I didn't know him. I, I hold him in high regard. And he asked, not in these crude of words, but basically, how come people from your tribe, I come from more of the Bible, fundamental yeah. reform tribe, he's basically asked, why are they so mean and, <laughs> and high control? Yeah. And I'd never thought of it. And I said, uh, I said, well, if, if I believe the Holy Spirit is in you, he'll change you, lead you, convict you, guide you, uh, change you. Mm-hmm. If I don't believe the Holy Spirit is in you, then I nominate myself to do his job because somebody's got to do it. Right. That's how we get legalism. Mm-hmm. Legalism is somebody needs to convict you. I'll do it. Somebody needs to control you. I'll do it. Somebody needs to tell you what to do. I'll do it. You know, somebody needs to keep an eye on you. I'll do it. Right. And the Holy Spirit's like, got this. Right. Now let's just talk about like a couple years ago. I was like, man, I, I, I just, I've just changed. I think accountability is helpful in the beginning of your relationship, but I think it's ridiculous. And here's why. If I'm willing to cheat on my wife and lie to my wife, I can cheat and lie to you. You know what I'm saying? And so so ultimately accountability is about I'm accountable to God and I'm going to listen to the spirit and I'm going to be led by the spirit and even accountable relationships turn into these legalistic bizarre Weird. things. What we say so as we've rearchitected our view of church governance we've had some of these conversations offline. Grace and I have four men and their spouses that we see as pastors over mm-hmm. us. Right. They're older, a life stage ahead, grandfathers. One of them has been married 50 years faithfully Wow! Uh, to his high school mm. sweetheart. They're in their 70s. Um, love and serve Jesus, pray together every day, marriage and family counselor. He's an ordained pastor. I mm-hmm. mean, just lifetime of wealth of experience. He's one of our pastors. And so uh, he just flew out, spent a week with us and our family and got with Grace and I and mm. check in and visited the church and, you know, and yeah. just great. It's relational. But the, the main deal is he's not our accountability. They're not our accountability. He's our pastor. Yeah. And accountability is where did you screw up? Right. And a pastor is how do I help you not to screw up? Right. And so for me, it's like, I want people that are pastoral in my life. They're mm. not there to get me there to help me before the devil gets yeah, me. Yeah. Amen. And if the devil does get me, they're there to get me out. Yeah. Yeah. Right, which is Galatians 6, you who are stronger, if you find a brother in sin, go get him, but watch yourself, right? I mean, Paul's... Restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pay for that tattoo on some friends. Yeah. Restore <laughs> yeah. gentleness. Amen. Um, how would you encourage a believer who doesn't feel like they bear the fruit of the Spirit? That, you know, sometimes it's interesting, the people that that are the most aware how far they've fallen or sometimes the people that are actually doing better than the rest. Right. Mm. The guy who says, man, I just feel like I am crushing it. Mm. I, I read about Jesus and then I think about me and I think, man, yeah, we're I'm like starting a- to see the resemblance. It's kind of like twinsies. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm worried for you. Yeah. And the person who continues to look to Jesus and then looks at themselves, they're more aware of their shortcomings. Yeah. Because uh, part of the fruit of the Spirit is realizing, you know, apart from Jesus, any of the things mm. that would demonstrate the character of Christ would not be evident in my life. Mm-hmm. And that leads to a humility, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Um, and, and I would ask too, find godly people who do, you know, speak truth and love the Lord and ask them. Because just like when you go into a doctor's appointment, it's because you want somebody else to tell you how you're doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're not the best ones to take our spiritual temperature or to give ourselves our annual checkup. Right. You may say, I'm doing great here. And they're like, actually, you're not. Yeah. I'm struggling here. Actually, you've made good progress. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why doctors have doctors. Yeah. Right. Amen. And so, you know, who is it that you trust that loves the Lord and loves you? 
can give optics into your life. And that's what we just, Grace and I just did that a few years ago, a few days ago with Roy and, and his wife, Pastor Roy and his wife. We spent hours with them. I was just like, okay, here's where we're at. You guys tell us, how are we doing maritally? How are we doing with mm. the Lord? You know, what do we need to work on? What are we missing? It was like a medical, it's, mm. a, it's a checkup for the soul. Amen. Yeah. And they're, you know, and they encouraged us in areas that we felt we weren't doing good. And then there were a few areas that we missed. Yeah. And and that's a loving, healthy, spiritual relationship. Right. They weren't yeah. there to bust us or get us. And there was mm. no rules and no list. We prayed and it was time with the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. I th- and I think that's why community, spiritual community is so important. I mean, one of the false gospels today, and I hear it all the time. I mean, I just had a guy preach it to me in the bathroom at LA Fitness. I read my Bible every day and I spend time with God every day and I don't need to be in church. I'm like, what Bible are you reading and what God are you spending time with? Because that Bible and that God that's in that Bible says you need to be in community because it's not all about you. And we need we need other people. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he's telling me this because his kid goes to my church, but he doesn't. And I'm just like, man, bro, you know, that that's not what, that's not what the Bible that's says. That's American Christianity because yeah. in the Old Testament, the Bible says that God is seeking to create for himself a people for his own possession. God's trying to make a family. Right. Like even we're in so so we're in Galatians, but most of the books of the New Testament, if you open it up, it's to the church, not to individuals in yeah. the church. Mm-hmm. So you open Galatians one uh, to the churches, churches, multiple congregations right. that are under apostolic leadership in Galatia, mm-hmm. and you say, I'm going to read that individually mm-hmm. apart from the church, right. and none of the things that are said to the church have any application for the church. That's like if I wrote a book to, and it said, Hey, dear married couple. Right. And it's like, well, I, I don't, this has nothing to do with my wife. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Human beings ability to self-deceive knows no bounds. Well, and, and I say this to people all the time. I mean, I, I mean, I'm past two and they're like, I don't need to go to church. Okay. You do. But also what if somebody else needs you there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not all about you. No. Yeah. What if there's somebody there you need to love or serve or give to or unburden or lead to Christ? I mean, hmm. you know, if you're going to church for the same reason you go to the mall to get your goods and services, you're a consumer and not a worshiper. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you no. know? Oh, man. Oh, I know. Um, okay. We're going to close with this one. Oh, no. We got two more. Uh, what's the difference between carrying one another's burdens? This is really good. And I'd never really noticed this because I've never done it. I've never preached through the book of Galatians. I think I've done some things in Galatians 5. Obviously, I've done uh, 6, 9, don't grow tired of doing good yeah. or don't grow weary of doing good. Um, but what's the difference between carrying one another's burdens and each person caring for their own load? I mean, this is a huge cultural problem with the American version of Christianity where we nobody's responsible for their own load. Um, and then a lot of people go to church and, and they don't want to carry anybody else's load. It's really bizarre, right? Like, Yeah, it's two different Greek words. One is a light load and one is a heavy load. Right. <clears throat> and what happens is in a church or any community, irresponsible people show up looking for overly responsible people that they can transfer all their responsibilities right. to. Mm-hmm. My kid's a mess. Could you fix them, youth pastor? My wife's a mess. Could you fix them, you know, yeah. women's pastor? My husband's a mess. Can you fix them, men's pastor? Um, yeah, my job isn't going well. I don't have any money. Could you guys stroke me a check? And I think yeah. I need a car too, and maybe a place to live. And you're like, and so what happens is in the name of love, overly responsible people enable and become codependent with irresponsible people. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to make irresponsible people responsible so that together we can help those who have a load or a weight to carry that is much for, I'll give you an example. Um, some years ago, it was literally back-to-back calls that I had. Right. Um, one was a guy who was in his 20s and he's like, Pastor Mark, I keep losing my job and I can't make <laughs> ends meet. And I need, it started with Mark, I need, uh, I need rent money. Yeah. Able-bodied. I said, well, what happened? He's like, well, I, I lost my job. Okay. Why do you lose your job? Well, I've actually lost a lot of jobs. Okay. Why'd you lose a lot of jobs? I don't, I don't show up. Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you, that's what happens. Yeah. If you don't go to work, they tend not to pay you. Hmm. I said, why do you not? He said, well, I, I, I sleep in, I sleep, I, I can't get up in the morning. He hmm. said, uh, since you're my pastor, maybe you could call me and wake me up. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's a low, you, you got to carry that. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. Same day, um, 
uh, somebody calls and they said, uh, there's a mom in the church, six kids, loves the Lord. Her husband was supposed to be a Christian, just left her, took the family car, emptied out the bank account, ran off with his right. girlfriend. Yeah, we've had that a lot. Yeah. Now that's not a, can't just call her and say, hey, honey, you got to yeah. figure that out. Yeah, no, that's not on her. Yeah. That's more than, that is crushing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell this guy, no, so I can tell this gal, yes. Right. And the art of Christian church is, who do we say yes to? Who do we say no to? Because mm -hmm. if you say yes to all the people who want to give you their little load, their little responsibility, yeah. you won't have any time, energy, or money left for the people with a real crisis that have the real need. Right. And that's America. We're an entitled country. It's like free healthcare, free education, free yeah. housing, free food. It's like, there's some things that you're responsible for. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And nobody wants to hear that at all. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me. All right. Um, so... That'd be some great follow-up questions on that. Um, We're doing good for no notes making it up, I, I feel know, like, man. by God's yeah. grace. Yeah. Amen. Okay, how is it possible for us... Oh, my gosh. I needed to ask you this in my mid-30s. How is it possible for us not to get tired of doing good? I've heard you share uh, you've been burnt out. Um, I think we went through this at about the same time. Mars Hill was a lot bigger, and you were a lot more famous, but I was just as miserable. <laughs> Congratulations. That's real efficiency. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll do it, man. I was a mess. And um, my wife called it my porn. Every day she would come home from work and I would, this is right when the internet was really first coming on. And I would literally search houses in Hawaii all I night. lived on the weather app. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I lived in a, it was always raining and dark. And my kids were like, dad, would you please stop looking at yeah. the weather? Because every day I'd be like, do you know what the temperature is in Southern California? Do you know what the temperature yeah. is in Arizona? Yeah. Do you know what? My kids are like, oh my gosh, dad. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So how do, how, do we not, how do we not get tired of doing good? Especially in a world where people just don't seem to do it. Um, you know, the theological answer is to do things by the grace of God, not by the power of your own efforts. The other thing is, you know, I mean, we're just making it up as we go here, but one of the most crazy lines I've heard from Jesus, he says, uh, I know the, I'm paraphrasing, I know the works that the Father has given me to do, and those are the works that I'm doing. Mm. And I thought, there's a lot of things that I'm doing that I'm not sure are things that the Lord has asked me to do. Yeah. And so one of our pastors, he told me, he said, do nothing out of need or opportunity, but only out of the will of God. Mm. There were a lot of things at the time, I've had two intestinal ulcers, I've blown out my adrenal glands twice, I think at my worst. I was 50 pounds heavier than I am today. And I wasn't trying to be an NFL lineman, you know, mm. so it wasn't a real need. Um, <laughs> it was just unhealth. Um, yeah. And uh, at the worst of the worst, I'd go into my naturopath and they'd put bags of vitamins, you know, in an IV sack and put a needle in my arm mm. a couple of days a week just so I could get back into the pulpit on Sunday. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, just broken mm. physically. And... Um, and then, you know, as you look at it, you're like, is everything I am doing something that the Lord has asked me to do? Mm. Or is there a need and I filled it or an opportunity and I chased it? Right. Mm. And so for me, I start now with silence, solitude, prayer, fasting. Actually, it's kind of interesting segue if this is the last question, because when we're done, before I fly home, I've actually got a couple hours that I want to sit outside, have a cup of coffee, and I've got some questions for the Lord mm. about the next year. It's the last week of school. My kids are done on Friday. We get them home, which is awesome. Kind of one season has come to an end. Another season is, you know, in commencement. And I'm asking the Lord, okay, Lord, do you want me to continue to do this or not? Mm. Was this for last season, that, not this season? Lord, uh, in this next year, as I'm putting together my annual calendar, Lord, what are the things that are assignments from you? Mm. And what are the other things that I have taken on that you've not given to me? Because mm -hmm. if my employees were, you know, I've got a small team, you got a big team, but if they're just dying because they're doing a whole bunch of things that I don't want done. Right. I'm not happy with them. Right. Yeah. No, amen. <laughs> and and uh, I don't know if you know Larry Osborne. Mm -hmm. I, I love Pastor Larry. He's one of our pastors. And he uh, he asked me this crazy question some years ago. He said, uh, back when they did the, uh, the, the postal service and they would deliver all the mail on horseback, mm. um, um, the Pony Express. Right. Um, he said, uh, you know, what do you think the most important asset was? Uh, for 
the Pony Express for the postal service, for the mail delivery system. Mm. What do you think the most valuable, important mm. thing is? What would you have said? Oh, the horse. It's got to be. I said the mail. Oh. <laughs> and that was <laughs> my problem. No <laughs> right? And he's like, the horse, because if the horse dies, yeah. nobody's going to deliver the mail. Right. And I answer, you answered the question right. I answered the question wrong. Yeah. I was so focused on delivering the mail, I forgot to keep right. the horse alive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that's, I think that's, I think that's what's going on in our culture. So my, I think my life verse, and it's changed, right? Uh, but is is Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you. Uh, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think what Jesus is saying to our culture is you're exhausted, you're burnt out because you're trying to be everybody else and you're trying to live for everything else. Listen to me. I'm going to simplify your life. I'm, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, you know, right? Listen to me. If I've asked you to do this, you can do this. I'm not going to ask you to, you know, I'm going to encourage you to rest, love your family, slow down. Like I'm going to encourage grace. you. Grace. Yeah. Give grace for yourself. And, um, I think that burnout for me is when I'm trying to be someone else or I'm comparing myself to someone else or I'm envious of someone else. And it's just like, look, I, I've got to love my kids, my family. And I I didn't wake up till I was 40. And uh, literally at my my 40th birthday, I, I took Tammy out. And I've had, I've had several of these moments where I've literally, she always gets freaked out about it. I don't know why, um, where I literally get on my knees. And she's like, you know, she's, what did you do? And, uh, and they're you're, just, you're Baptist bros. Yeah, so that's their confessions. And yeah. so, um, the last, one of the last times I did this, I think I've, I've had one since I was 40. I mean, these are, these are only like four or five times in our, on our, on our 23 year marriage where I've literally got on my knees and I've said, I need forgiveness for this. And, uh, when I was 40, I just realized I got to do three things for the next 40. I got to love better. I got to lead better. And I got to listen better. And, uh, and I got to listen to her. I got to listen to God. I got to listen to our kids. I got to listen to our staff. I got to listen to our church. I got to listen to the spirit. I got to love better with grace, you know, and I just got to be a better leader. And, um, I just feel like Mark for me, and I want to say this to all of our listeners who are under 40. And even if you're over 40, I wasted a lot of time and I beat the hell out of myself trying, trying to do all these things that I was just wrong. I was wrong on. And, I got, that was kind of like the, the theme of the next 40 years of my life. I'm going to lead better, love better, hmm, listen that's better. Awesome. And, um, um, you know, God, God just really spoke to me and, um, I was, I was exhausted because, you know, Paul says, I've become all things to all people that I might win some to Christ. I think I took that to an unhealthy mm -hmm. level and, um, I, I got, I got wounded, man. And I, I got, I got thin. Um, one of my favorite lines, you, you know, you make fun of all the nerds in Tolkien, uh, Lord of the Rings, as he said, I feel like butter spread over too much bread. Hmm. And uh, that's how I felt. Like, like there's no more butter. There's nothing left for me to give. And so I got to figure out if I'm going to make it, how, how I'm going to do this. And um, I think for me, and I'm thankful that you, you came here today, but just let me give you permission. And I know you don't need it, but you can always say no. And you don't need a reason. And I think that as Christians, we feel like we have to be able to say, I can't rather than no. And I, I just want to give you that permission because we all need that. And I, you know, I shared with you before you did this, that I've taken the last um, four weeks off, which is great. But I said yes to some dumb things. And um, what that means is I'm, I, I'm not as refreshed as I should be. I'm not as rested as I should be. I'm not, I'm not, you know, and I've got to learn to do that. And we all need to learn to say no to things so we can say yes to God and the leading of his spirit. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just think that it's just so important uh, for us. So that's all I have for today. You wanted to wrap up and say a couple things. Do you remember that? I know we've done so many of these episodes. You said you had two things to say at the end. Oh, they were going to be offline, but. Oh, then well, yeah. Let's no. just do it. So. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't understand. I want to. I, I, no, that's okay. Uh, maybe this is what it's supposed to I be. I put you on the spot. Wow. I wanted to honor, <clears throat> encourage you to stay focused on reaching people here. Oh. Mm. That sometimes as a church gets big, it becomes like a lighthouse and light goes out to the nations mm -hmm. and it's dark at the base. Yeah, I've seen that. And, you know, I think part of the 
grace upon sandals is it's just focused on we're going to reach the people that are near us mm-hmm. wherever wherever we happen to be. Yeah. And so I think part of the strength of sandals is that it sees itself as a light bulb and not a lighthouse. Yeah. Everybody who's around here, you know, walk into the light and come meet, you know, Jesus yeah. who is the light. And I, I just want to encourage you to continue on that vision of we are not trying to make sure that our fingerprints are in every nation of the earth and every ministry and every conference and, you know, every mm-hmm. Instagram group photo. Uh, but ultimately, it's to love and serve the people that are part of our church family. And the other thing, too, is, you know, as I walk around the building, I got to see the thing constructed and built over time. And it's awesome that it's full, but it's simple. And it is trying to stretch every dollar and resource to make sure that the focus is always about people. Mm-hmm. And so um, this building um, and this platform is not um, the trophy, but the changed lives of the people who have met Jesus here, that's the trophy of Sandals yeah, Church. Amen. Yeah, amen. And God is pleased with that. And I just, I love you. And I was going to tell you that offline. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. it's an encouragement for you and your team to continue the good works that he Mm. has begun in you and through you. Well, thank you, brother. I love you very much. Love Love Grace. Love uh, the Trinity Church and super just blessed to be a part of your life. All right, guys, that's it for uh, today. Make sure that you guys are firing in your questions. And let me just ask you to do this, man. If this podcast is is touching you or blessing your life, why not share that? Share that with a friend. Uh, Share that with, um, you know, a family member or, or maybe like today's episode, somebody who goes to another church and they're discouraged and maybe the Holy Spirit is leading you uh, that's something Pastor Mark or myself has said. And I can't tell you how, how many times somebody in life has said, hey, man, I want to share this with you. And it just blessed my soul. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Share the debrief, um, you know, share messages at Sandals Church. You can follow uh, Pastor Mark at... MarkDriscoll.org. has got all the Bible teaching. It's free. You get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah, it is awesome. All right. Love you guys. See you next week.